Welcome to the Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Sportsbet. Get the same game multi-feeling this AFL season with Sportsbet. Conditions apply. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. And it's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I'm legendary. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan and Lima. What a legend. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yes, good morning. This Saturday, June 3rd. I can't believe we're already in <laughs> no, June. Doesn't it blow your mind? This season is season. <laughs> this year is flying. <laughs> I'm talking like a footy player. Yeah. Um, Joey, Lemo, Hello, how are we? Yeah, it's coming to the season of the year that uh, Lemo and I really love. Winter, or it's yeah. nice and cold and you rug up. And, oh, we had a couple season. of beautiful days the last couple, but we today's have. a dreary old old mm. uh, June day. This is a good This is a good Melbourne day, this one. I got sad the other day, though, Joey, when yeah. I heard a long-range weather the forecast is saying this winter is going to be warmer than usual oh, that's and the temperatures are going to be above the averages and I was like, <laughs> nah. You two are so yeah. weird, so to, weird. Everyone's to... happier when there's a bit of sunshine and warmth. Yeah. Well, it was a not nice you two. Today. No, not us. Hey, we missed you last week, Joey, yes, on I the show. Yes, I a little freshen up. And we did the top five last week was about the when sport and music Mix. Oh, yes. And I had someone say to me about one of our entries, oh, you needed Joey there for that to get his perspective. So I'm going to put it to you now. Can you give us a bit of clarity around St Kilda's 2013 reworking <laughs> of the club song? Let's oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in. What? the hell was Actually, going on there? quite catchy, isn't it? That is still one of the worst moments in the club's history. It was to get free tickets on the airline. It was a, it was a competition for, I think it was, I'm going to say Virgin, hopefully that's right, for free tickets. Right. And it's fair to say in 2013, the club was struggling financially a little bit. We were out at Seaford and things weren't going well. So we had to enter to try and win it. And they, they, they hired some actors to come in and do this whole skit. Yeah. But as you could see, none of the senior players really got involved. We were very reluctant, and I'm glad that a few of us stayed away from getting involved in that because the internet now, everything lives on forever. Hey, and mate, that will your, live on forever. Your mate Nick Rewalt was front and centre. He was front and centre. He had to do it. He was forced to do it as the captain. He was right. the only one that uh, – he, he didn't even put his hand up. He was the only one that was made to do it. But, yeah, that is a real low light. Oh, it's got a real Backstreet Boys kind of vibe to oh, it. Oh, it doesn't ever. Yeah. Doesn't it? But I like the air drums and the air guitar oh. as well through the group. And if you actually look – if you actually do watch it, on YouTube and go to YouTube and have a look. The other guys in the background, good luck trying to name who some of those players were. Even I, even I, Lemo, have trouble going, who was that player? Oh, Jackson Ferguson. I, I remember those guys. Yeah, so um, anyway, uh, very, very funny. Hey, very good, good uh, morning to be a Melbourne Demons player or fan because they celebrated 17-point victory over Carlton last night at the G. Graham still caught, picked up, that would snap. And he's created something from nothing. They get it to Pickett. Can he put a bit of spice on it? Pickett from the pocket. Oh, my word, he can. Looping hand pass forward. Fritchard on the left. Fritchard got two. Maxi kicks this. It's party time for the Demons and their fans. Hits it well, Maxi. Hits it beautifully, Maxi. Max has kicked an absolute beauty at the MCG. Siren. Melbourne get the job done. Yeah, the skipper stepped up a big time in the final quarter. It was in Melbourne avoiding a third straight defeat. They defeated uh, Carlton by 17 points and in the process handed the Blues a fifth straight loss. Joey, your thought, your first thoughts, rather, if I can speak this morning, on uh, the Demons' performance. We'll celebrate uh, them first. Yeah, first Demons. I thought it was a, quite a dominant performance. I know it wasn't a great game, but to have... 
plus 20 inside 50s. They won contested yep. ball by 30, um, you know, clearances by 10. The game lived in their forward half. Now, they could have won this by 30 or 40 points if they were able to convert and take their chances. They weren't able to do that. But that's the that's the meat of the, the Melbourne way, clearance contest and their defence. And they, they were all elite. Um, and I thought it was a, a strong, solid win. Christian Petrarca was unbelievable. You talked a couple of weeks ago. You talked about him as a um, a Brownlow Smokey in a sense. He he looked like a, a Melbourne captain last night. He sort of the earlier in his career, you know, sort of the, with the knee injuries, is he a bit immature? He grabbed last night's game without Clayton Oliver by the scruff of the neck. I was so impressed by his performance. But they're not the story, Melbourne. Carlton is the story, and they started the year with so much expectation around making finals for the first time in a decade. It's not going to happen. Michael Voss conceded that. I want to ask you, Joey, from a broad brush perspective, right? So, Carlton, over the last couple of years from a recruiting perspective, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, they loaded up with these hard nuts. They got Hewitt, they got Chera, um, they got Matt Kennedy, they got Cripps inside. We've seen the game over the past couple of years go more intercept, rebound, counterattack, more run on the outside. Did Carlton zig from a list perspective when the rest of the game zagged? Potentially. Potentially. Um, I mean, we, there is a lot of talk about those those inside mids. They just need to find a bit more... Some more run and some more youngsters. So that was my first takeout from last night is now they need to continue with the playing of Jordan Boyd and Cottrell and Chincotta. Dow? And, and, and Dow. Who? Paddy Dow. No, not Paddy Dow. Please. Line through Paddy Dow. Oh, I'm sick of the Paddy Dow conversation. Yeah, there's, there he's is. six years into the system and he's an average he's an average AFL player. The yep. talk about Paddy Dow being the saviour has done my head in. I mean, <laughs> I don't, he, I, Jason, I don't get you, it. I'm yeah, talking about some youngsters. Can you explain that, yeah. the obsession with well, the Paddy Dow? Shout out, Paddy Dow. Well, shout out getting, to Paddy Dow, by the way. Yeah, I know, so, yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's not, not <laughs> his funny, Paddy. Well, I think he's getting, I think it's in context of him getting 35, 40 possessions in the VFL. So it's a superficial sort of analysis. But when you see him dominating the VFL, it's like, well, why can't... Um, he, he sort of game, he get a game. I think it's a more broader conversation around leg speed and game sense and his turnovers and that sort of issue. They gave him a lick of the ice cream um, last night. But as you say... Yeah, he got ca- rewarded for, for his good VFL form, but he's yep. not the player that I'm talking about. I think they've got to just find some more youngsters that, that need opportunity to see if yep. they can sort of just give the, the club a little bit more... X Factor, a bit more run, a bit more pizzazz, because that's what they've been lacking this season. So on Thursday night on 360, we were talking about how Michael Voss's comments saying they're not far away, and you somewhat yeah. agreed with that because yeah. the stats do suggest so, but are you more alarmed after watching last night? I'm more alarmed with how they came and played last night because I'm thinking now, because some of their numbers were stacking up, but where was the, the come out and just play with some freedom, play with some dare, play to try and win and turn their season around, but they still played the same way. So that, for me, is the first time I've gone... What's the vibe like in at that club? Well, what's the messaging? Because why do they not just take the game on and mm. just go for it? You know, that was the, the disappointing element for me last night. They did that in the third term. And Vossi's been saying this in his press conferences. We want to play with that flair mm. and freedom. For some reason, they've been much more slow and controlled. Yeah. And they, I, when I went to watch them over summer, they were doing that. A lot of slow, controlled ball movement. But they looked their best in the third quarter when they went inside. They took some risks. And um, Saad was involved. They hit up uh, Mackay and Kerno on the lead. But the big picture perspective for Carlton, they're now in 13th uh, spot, only just above GWS, Richmond, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, West Coast, etc. The coach of Michael Voss, um, the coach of Carlton, excuse me, Michael Voss, pretty blunt about their prospects this season last night. Here's the brutal facts. We're not good enough at the moment. So that's that's the brutal facts. So we, we have to accept parts that we're not. I mean, we've played against... You know some really good opposition, and that's the feedback we've got. So parts of that 
we have to accept first before you can then move forward. Um, so I think we've done that and we're well and truly into that process of, you know, getting after it, what we need to be able to do and it just all of it hasn't transferred yet. Did I hear correctly that two board members were punching on in the change rooms last weekend? Is that a true story? It's a bit of that, yes. yes a, <laughs> a brouhaha, a blow-up. <laughs> a little blow-up. Joey, would that is that going to impact the playing group, two board members having a punch on in the change no. rooms <laughs> no, after I think, a game? No, I don't think board-level board conversations or what happens at board level doesn't affect the playing group. I'm not talking about a conversation. I'm talking about a punch on yeah. in the room. <laughs> yes, that's South. right. The players don't care about that. They, they, they can do whatever they like, board members. It doesn't affect how they played. Yeah, well, they've got another um, big game coming up, big couple of games for these two sides. So Carlton take on Essendon next Sunday night, the MCG, and then the Kings' birthday clash. So Melbourne v Collingwood, everyone's been looking forward to this one for a while. Mm, and are you ready for Brody Grundy week? Because it's coming. The whole <laughs> yeah, Brody true. Grundy discussion. I tell you what, if you're not if you're not interested in Brody Grundy, might be a good week to tune out of the media. A sad development out of this Hawthorne. Racism saga, Jay-Z. Can you bring us up to speed with the latest? Yeah, this has been, gee, one of the biggest stories in Australian Football League history, to be honest, certainly the past 10 years. And last night, one of the biggest developments um, in it, when um, the Hawthorne families involved um, put out a statement um, basically saying that they want to take this issue to the Human Rights uh, Commission and basically have their truth told. If you aren't aware of this statement yet. It is particularly um, jarring. And as you said, a, a sad story overall. I'll read you this part of it. It says, we are the sum of the Indigenous families who, who endured racism at the Hawthorne Football Club. And I'm speaking here about Carl Peterson, Cyril Rioli and his partner, Shannon, Jermaine and Montana Miller-Lewis and Leon Egan. And they say, we were separated from our families. We were told an unborn child would ruin our futures. We were treated as special projects and control of our lives was taken from us. And lastly, we were told, we told our troops in confidence because we believed that it would bring change and because we needed to heal and move on. The AFL, probably at the end of the day, wasn't the right body to investigate this issue and over an eight-month period really got nowhere with the um, independent panel. So now this goes to the Human Rights Commission. This could take 18 months to 24 um, months where some really highly skilled and knowledgeable people will have to sit down with both sides um, of the story here with, with both parties and really try and find, um, I'm not sure if it's some middle ground, but it's some acknowledgements and concessions potentially on, on, on both sides to, to, to so that um, people on one side of the fence can understand potentially some of the hurt uh, that happened here and on the other side of the fence potentially understand, you know, um, the people in charge, I don't know, did they mean to cause this damage? Did they mean to cause this harm? There needs to be a really big conversation take place. And clearly from that statement, these Hawthorne players and families really want to be heard. They were unhappy about how they were treated. Um, and they want this quite clearly on the record and, and um, putting their names to it. And we're talking about Sirioli, one of the most respected, mm. treasured and loved players at this whole football club, uh, Lemo. It, it adds mm. some significant weight to this, to um, this development. It is how it's as a Hawthorne fan, it's heartbreaking seeing Cyril on the front page of the Herald Sun in these circumstances. I mean, he has brought so much joy mm. to so many people over the years, yeah. and to think that he's in this position now, and his only recollections of his time or his major recollections of his time are this pain and this hurt. Mm. It's, it is honestly heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah. Hopefully um, 
yeah, hopefully there is a bit of relief coming to all parties involved because it's been so messy ever since this uh, story broke in grand final week of last year. Just one more on this. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think Hawthorne are going to be penalised for how they conducted this report and the leaking of it and whatnot? Yeah, I I feel pretty strongly that draft pick penalties... um, there is still a lot of water to flow under the bridge here. So it is it is difficult to talk about penalties. I don't feel like that's the right type of penalty. Um, we, we know you can, and people say, oh, well, Essendon and Carlton have draft picks taken off them. But, you know, Essendon deliberately set up this injections program, mm-hmm. right? That was planned. Carlton cheated the salary cap, right? They broke those rules. This is much more complex and difficult, I think. So, look, if there is a penalty, I think potentially fine. I don't know how you can pin draft pick sanction yeah, so you on think them. more a financial penalty. Agreed. Like so so what would the what's the penalty yeah. for? Because a great question, Lemo. I think it would be around the the process around the investigation wasn't perfect, right? It was imperfect. So mm. whether it needed to have more guardrails, more safety checks, more protection really against the leak. And I know that's difficult. Mm. I think in hindsight Hawthorne might say that they had great intentions whether the execution was perfect, that's yeah. where some of the failings and may have And in doing been. so, they brought the game into disrepute. So that's that would be the reason for the penalty. Yeah, and yeah. that is such a complex thing. I find draft picks jars with me. I don't, I don't think that, but maybe, you know, something more financial. But seriously, so much water to go under that bridge. It is cart before the horse a little bit. Yep. On a lighter note, moving yep. on to other news items, yes. uh, MRO incidents out yep. of last night. Dangerous tackles are really interesting after the tribunal yep. cleared two of the three cases. We thought we had a clear line of sight. I reckon it just, the threshold dropped a little bit after seeing Adam Chera and Rory Laird got off. So last night when you see Jack Viney damp t- dump tackle Sam Walsh, don't know. I think he might get off on this after the bar set from the tribunal. We'll see how that plays out. I think Viney will be okay, but you couldn't say um, for certain around this issue. I think James Harms will be missing for a match. He gets Matthew Cottrell high with a, a high bump. Unfortunately, Cottrell fumbles. So he stays down probably when Harms thought he would pick the ball up and stand up straight. So he gets him high. It's probably a match. Clayton Oliver, a big training session today on Saturday, I believe. Come back in to join Petrarca. Viney should be there. I think Harms is missing for that King's birthday yeah, game. I think they're pretty confident Oliver will be right. Yep. Yep. Uh, finally, Taron Thomas. He yes. makes his return, plays his first senior game of the year tomorrow against Essendon. All 18, ooh, 18 clubs, 17 other clubs are watching Taron Thomas. He's such an interesting uh, case here right now because he makes his comeback against Essendon. He's been working part-time. As in watching, as in might. Well, from a recruiting perspective, I think he's going to be a conversation at the end of the year. Is Taron Thomas still part of the future at North Melbourne. You know, he's obviously had to go through a lot of these off-field programs around his um, behaviour and respect towards women. I think North Melbourne's been pretty clear about that. They weren't happy with his progress earlier. He then got back. So I think his future will become a big discussion point as the year goes on. Um, He's back in the team. He's got one more year on his contract um, and he is playing. I think he's been working part-time as a cleaner. So sleeves up, sort of getting a taste of the real world. I think that has helped him. North, the AFL and the AFL Players Association really do admire the way North Melbourne has handled Taron Thomas. We get to see him on the field on Sunday and just potentially get a reminder about how much of a talented footballer he is, but still work to do off the field for him. Hope he makes the most of this chance. Hope he plays well tomorrow for the Kangaroos. Uh, great stuff, Jay-Z. You are all across a busy news morning. Thanks, Kath. I'm going to listen. Have a great show. Thank right, you. Jay-Z. We've got Daniel Garb joining us next because it is A-League Grand Final weekend. Melbourne City up against the Central Coast Mariners. So we're going to preview that next. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Jay, Kath and Lemo.
Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Hey team, a big weekend in the A-League. It is the A-League Grand Final between Melbourne City and the Central Coast Mariners. One man who's all across all things football, had the pleasure of working with him years ago. I'm so excited to have him on Dead Set Legends. Daniel Garb, good morning. Morning, Kath. Nice to speak to you again. It's been so long, Garby. Hey, this is uh, so exciting in the A-League. Bit of a David v. Goliath kind of situation here, is it? Big time. Central Coast Mariners up against Melbourne City. The Mariners are the Cinderella story of, of Australian sport, arguably, this year. I mean, they were the laughing stock of Australian football over the last decade, more often than not. Four wooden spoons in the last 10 years. And they're up against a juggernaut of Australian football in Melbourne City who are backed by one of the richest sporting organisations in the world in the City Football Group. Packed with stars, have been at the top for a while. But the Mariners have somehow gathered together a really exciting squad full of talents and they've surged through to the grand final this season. So, yep, it is David V. Goliath stuff. And uh, as we know, if you're a neutral, uh, more often than not, you're barracking for David in that battle. So the Mariners (laughs) will have the support of plenty of people outside of uh, the Melbourne City fraternity tonight. And it's set up for a fantastic grand final as a result. Yeah, rooting for the underdog. We know Man City have got Jamie McLaren, of course, who who is dominating. But what about the neutral venue tonight, Garby? How's sort of that received and how do you think that'll play out? What sort of crowd? You know, are they going to get some big numbers there? There's been a bit of controversy around it. Yeah, well, the Central Coast Mariners have saved the day. So I'm sure the A-League officials are barracking hard for the Mariners to get through because they are a New South Wales team. Yep. And that means there'll be busloads of fans coming down from Gosford. It's about an hour and a half trip to, uh, to Western Sydney and to Combank Stadium uh, to cheer them on. I'm told we're getting close to a full house for tonight. So it is going to be a really good scene. Twenty-five to 30,000 expected. Fantastic football venue in Western Sydney, the new stadium there. And, uh, and the Mariners fans, no doubt, will populate uh, the stands. But uh, I'm sure there'll be some Melbourne City supporters there as well. So that does help uh, Central Coast a bit. But you know, Melbourne City are experienced with plenty of players who have been on big stages and I'm sure they'll be able to deal with it. But that wave of momentum could have an impact for the Mariners and, and their hopes of causing an upset. Talking to Daniel Garb about the A-League final. Garvey, I'm glad there's going to be a full house. I'm very happy about that. But does the A-League have a publicity issue? Because I reckon there's a lot of people around this week who have gone, oh, the A-League final's on this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's obviously a pertinent talking point. And let's be honest, the grand final sale decision to Sydney uh, has not been met with uh, a popular reaction, to say the absolute least. So... There's been a lot of controversy around that. Yeah, maybe mainstream media haven't been covering the A-Leagues as much in the last 12 to 24 months as they have done in the past. But as we all know, people absorb their media in different ways nowadays. And the A-Leagues, through their social media channels and the like, have done an excellent job, I reckon, this year. And and the reactions to uh, to the league are, are pretty strong from people who, who love the sport. So, yeah, the crowd tonight will demonstrate that. The crowds over the back end of the season have actually been pretty strong, despite a big club like the Melbourne Victory struggling a lot. Um, the grand, uh, sorry, the, the World Cup had a big impact on all of that, then a bit of a dip after that grand final decision. But uh, I would say things are in a, a decent spot, especially with the young talent coming through in Australian football. And the grand final crowd will be healthy tonight. That's 
good. We've got a, a really good story attached to the grand final. Then we'll have to go away and, and assess things and try and lift things again to another level for next season. We are talking to football a broadcaster and host of the official A-League podcast, Daniel Garb. Hey, Garby, I know you're across everything. You are very good at what you do. So can you talk to us about the Ange Postacoglu story? Because we were just uh, discussing Ange's success off air. Can you just summarise this and, and what it means in terms of an Australian manager going overseas and having the success he has had? It's, it's quite remarkable to think about it because Ange never had a strong playing career. So if you're a, a Harry Kuehl or a you know, Mark Viduka and you all of a sudden stepped into management and started doing really well, your chances of getting a job in Europe would be far higher than someone like Ange, who was largely unknown in that part of the world. To do what he's done and get to a club like Celtic, for starters, is just something to behold. And the way in which he's won over those players and that club. I mean, a lot of the fans at Celtic feel he's the best manager they've had in 50, 60 years for the way in which he's coached the team and then spoken about the team in the public. They love the aura that he has. And as a result, he is the favourite to land the Tottenham Hotspur job at the moment, which would be an enormous story. And Aussie managing a, a top six, in inverted commas, or big six Premier League club, completely and, unfathomable. And he wow. is the front runner. And the word we're hearing is that's looking more likely than not, which would be... Just an incredible Australian sporting story heading into the next Premier League season, if it eventuates. Do you think it's probably the greatest sporting, um, an Australian coach going overseas and succeeding? Undoubtedly. I mean, I know Brett Brown coached in the NBA, but he had the American background. To do what Andrew's done Mm. from where he's been, let's not forget 15 years ago or so, he was basically sidelined by Australian football as well. He couldn't Mm. get a job in the A-League. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he was Crazy. coaching kids in a park in, in Melbourne just to make sure his coaching skills were maintained for it's, free. It's so get the crack of the Brisbane Roar and, and look where he is now 10 to 15 years later. It's a hell of a story. And he's had an amazing run at Celtic the last two years. Barely could have won another thing. Might win another trophy tonight. Why are Tottenham fans so furious about the fact that he could be their next manager? Because they're ignorant. Yeah. I mean, the Celtic fans had the same reaction when he was linked to the job. Who's this guy? I've never heard of him. Where's he managed? Australia and Japan, big deal. We don't want him. Um, 12 to 24 months later, they're actually getting behind the campaign to not have Ange at Spurs because they want to keep him at Celtic. <laughs> so they're happily yeah. supporting that. But there are some Tottenham fans. It's not all of them. There are a, a fair few who are a bit more open-minded and have said, listen, this guy looks like he's got the ability and he's not afraid of any situation. and He'll win over our players within a week or so, let's get behind it. Um, and others who are, yeah, just ignorant and um, and look inside their same bubble all the time for, uh, for managerial options. But uh, I have no doubt that within a month, he'd win them all over just like he did at Celtic. And just lastly, Gabby, while we've still got you, the Women's World Cup just starting to build some momentum. What can you tell us? It's pretty going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be an enormous sporting event. And uh, it's fair to say Sam Kerr is just about the most important sporting personality We've got this year when you consider the, the enormity of the Home World Cup and her role in it. So, yeah, it's getting closer. The Matildas are a, are a good chance. If they get to the, the semifinals, it'll be just an absolute wave of momentum across the country that uh, I think will be hard to stop. So looking forward to that in a very big way and can't wait for it. So looking forward to it. So exciting. Hey, Garvey, it's been great to catch up. Keep killing it as you always have. And thanks for coming on Dead Set Legends. No worries. Thanks for having me. What a, good what man. a great man. Yeah. It's so interesting, the uh, Ange Postacogli story, isn't it?
But and he was spotted. I remember seeing some of those the, all the um, the locals in um, in Scotland talking about Ange Poscott. They were complaining about who's this bloke. We yeah. don't want him and all those things. And look, now they want to keep him. It's well, amazing. there's a famous one on a show called yeah, Sports Talk. That's the one. And the guy of. was losing yeah. his mind. Who is this? No one. Yeah. Celtic are a joke. He's since come out and apologised. By right. the way, after Ange won two championships and <laughs> a couple of trophies and probably another one tonight. There needs to be a documentary or something on yeah. the on the career of Ange Postecoglou. It's quite extraordinary. The dead set. Legends, Triple M. How lame Yes. We need to get to a very serious topic. Ooh. I uh, was on Instagram during the week. Yes. And a photo of you <laughs> popped up uh, through a mutual friend. Right, yes. And you were at the pub, which isn't controversial, but what was controversial was your outfit. Yeah. I... It was a full-blown tartan tracksuit. Top and bottom. It was this extraordinary blue kind of stripy number. It was loud. <laughs> like you are walking into the pub saying, I am here. Uh, uh, looks like at the me. dude from The Gentleman. Yes, it's like it's the exact same tracksuit that Colin Farrell wears in the movie The Gentleman. That's right. I yes. knew I'd seen it somewhere. Yeah. And I... I've got a flat cap with it as well and a pair of sunglasses. And when I went to walk in to my local pub, The Rose in Fitzroy. Was it dress-up day or like well, what? Yeah, I know. Is that a serious kid or were you just taking the mickey? Or nah. was it start out as mickey and you've gone serious or the other way around? You thought you'd be serious and now... It's... I saw it in the movie yeah. and I went, and this is something I've never done before. I saw clothes on a movie and went, I'm going to buy that. Right. Really? So I found it. I bought it. I had it delivered and I went, this is really cool. And I put a photo up on Instagram saying, can I wear this outside the house? Yep. And then loads of people bought into that. I've got so many questions here. Where I, did you find it? Uh, I just uh, took a took a. I had to search for a while actually. How Some much website you... called Light in a Box. I paid seventy bucks for it. Seventy bucks. Yep. What did your wife say? She was actually down with it. She was yeah. pretty into it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She was happy with so it. So tick. It's, what did the people say in the pub? The pub when I you was going to ask. What did okay, the patrons I think? opened the front door to the Rose in Fitzroy. <laughs> And one of the owners, Sparky's behind the bar. <laughs> I opened it and he puts his hand up and goes, "Nope." No, no, get out. No. I said, oh, come on, mate. He goes, all right, you can come in and have one. So you know what? After all this chat about it, I actually think you pulled it off. Oh, thank you, Kath. I, I, I appreciate that. Pleasure. Uh, people were very kind on Facebook and Instagram. Because it's quite a nice blue. I like that colour blue. So I think it brought out your eyes. Oh, I you, think you, well, you looked great at the pub. Well, thank you, Kath. That's you very kind. I did get loads of compliments. Except for my mother. This is my mum on Facebook. Yep. I said, is this tracksuit okay and where can I wear it? And this is my mum. She says, just wear it at home when you are not expecting any visitors. <laughs> Love, mum. <laughs> Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. You can listen to Rusty's Garage podcast for free on the Listener app or you can just listen to him for free right now. Rusty, good morning. Let's talk about Oscar Piastri's his Friday practice form. Didn't really set the world on fire, but still lots of praise uh, for his drive in Monaco last weekend. Yeah, it was mega, Kath. Good morning to you and uh, and everyone. So he talked about um, Friday in Monaco being one of the, the more testing days he's had in Formula One so far. Bounced back with a good run in qualifying. Then in the race, when we got that shower and a little bit of craziness that unfolded, he drove with real smarts into another points finishing position. So he's earned high praise from the McLaren sort of engineering hierarchy for that. It's off the back of points that he got at the Australian Grand Prix, as you know. So that's a that's a really good uh, boost of confidence going into the remainder of the year. And he's ended up going 
uh, 12th fastest, which mightn't sound like much in practice overnight in Spain, but he was quicker in that second session than his teammate Lando Norris. So a couple of other things out of that. The Mercs and Lewis Hamilton are a little bit worried about whether they can even make the third part of qualifying tonight. Ferraris don't look so sharp just yet either, and Max Verstappen remains the guy to beat. Hey, Rusty, am I imagining things, but are the Aussies good at Monaco? Because I've got a feeling Weber was quite good on the Monaco track, and Ricardo, of course, had a win in Monaco. Correct. Bang on. So, um, uh, you know, when you look back at Mark's career, he may have missed a world title, but he's had success on more than one occasion on the streets of Monaco. And for a driver, like if you don't necessarily win a world championship, but you can say you're either a, an Indy 500 winner, a Le Mans winner, or certainly a Monaco Grand Prix winner. That is a huge, huge thing on the CV. Hey, Rusty, did I see that the former world champ Sebastian Vettel is now into sailing? <laughs> yeah, crazy. So not, not, not necessarily as a, as a competitor, but he's invested in this, uh, this thing. So you guys know about Sail GP, right? These things yeah. look cutting edge, cool. Australia, New Zealand, um, Spain are involved. Germany's going to put a team in for the 23-24 season, and he's a, a driving force in this. He's a part of that. And I reckon it's a good fit because it's got that sort of um, cutting-edge design and Formula One almost flavour, but in a sailing sense, but also with a sustainability feel, and he is big on that stuff, as you guys know. Mm. Hey, Rusty, appreciate your time. Chat next week. See you, gang. Thank you. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Still so much to come in the second hour. Lemo's top five, of course. Have you got a little um, teaser as to what it is this week? Oh, it's a Ted Lasso's my teaser. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. I need to get on board. And Cal Ferguson is going to join us ahead of the World Test Championship final between Australia and India at the Oval. That starts on Wednesday night. How good the... Mid-year sport, overseas sport. I love it. Something I'm to watch. Fancy. Yeah. Oh, you know, I Ashes, get excited. Wimbledon. When yeah, I wake up in the morning on. and I can check sporting results. Yes. It excites me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you. Lee Maybe Mo. I need more in my life, but it really does excite me. <laughs> this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Lemo. Joey J, Kath, Lemo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. And it's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yes, good morning. Sorry, I was a bit late on Cuban. That just caught me by surprise. How are we? Very, we? very well. Going well, Kath. Going well. Yep. Anything to report from the week? You got anything uh, interesting for me? Uh, you know, well, I was watching the footy last night. Yes. Do we love the sounds of the game? You know, when they mic up players? Oh, oh Joey, no, you're not a fan. Well, it doesn't <laughs> excite me, but maybe I've been a bit more closer to the action, but I don't think what it's What do you mean, exciting. sounds of the game? Like? Well, for, yeah, they mic up a player. They mic up a player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it really came into its own, Kath, when Luke Hodge was mic'd up a few years ago playing for Brisbane. And we got a real insight into Hodgie's coaching of the back line of the team. So that was a great insight. Luke Parker, they did one earlier in the year where Luke Parker was yes. directing his teammates and was giving instruction. That was quite insightful. I love it day. on the cricket too. Yep. So certainly for people who haven't played, it's a in- really interesting insight into what's going on in the ground. And uh, well, Channel 7 took it to another level last night when they mic'd up Christian Petrarca before the game. Oh, this would be so interesting. This- <laughs> Good, I'm looking forward to this. See so this- how... Um- yeah, this is during the how warm-up. one of the how champions of the su- prepares yeah. and, yep. What possible the, yeah. Brownlow Smokey. Yep. Uh, Brownlow favourite almost now, but, yeah, yeah, how he sort of gets himself ready for the game. Brownlow favourite. So I thought, oh, this is going to be fascinating. Yeah. Christian Petrarca, one of the greats of the game. What does he do to warm up? So here are the sounds of the game. This is Christian Petrarca on the Channel 7 broadcast last night, mic'd up pre-game. And we've done some editing here, but we've included every single thing he said on it. It's now home game. 
Is it our home game? Plunk, plunk. Muzz. Gus. Do you want to get a photo of all of us? Fascinating stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Insightful. <laughs> yep. Uh, That's how you become one of the best in the game. It's <laughs> 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 a home game. Who is it? Who supporters here? <laughs> I love that he arrives at the ground before realising it's a home game. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so good, good gear, good insights into Christian Petrarca's uh, preparation. Gee, he was uh, good, right though. Gee, he was good last night, though. He I was. Know we talked about it earlier, but oh my gosh, another three votes for him. Yep. Yeah, he well, was Nick... outstanding. Great win for Melbourne. They've mm. avoided a third straight loss, so they're back on the winners list. And you could just sense, Joey, that there was a bit of – there was a steely look in their eyes last night because all the pressure was on Carlton. Everyone was focusing on the Blues. But – Melbourne didn't want to drop this game. No, they had to be aware that Carlton were going to come out and breathe fire. So they had to be up for the challenge. And, you know, now it sort of just stops that sort of thing that maybe Melbourne are out of form. And then all of a sudden, King's birthday against Collingwood. Oh, huge. If they can knock off the pies, then all of a sudden the whole swings and there. Melbourne are, you know, the premiership favourites. It's amazing how quickly things can turn. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened for the Blues. Yeah, just like last week's uh, round of upsets, it was good to shake up the competition a little bit and probably still more surprises to come. Hey, Lemo. Your top five is up next. Ted, you... Ted Lasso is my little teaser for you. Sorry, has that finished? Is that yes, I have that's... never watched it. I I'm need the same to get as on board. I'm, yeah. I'm now going to think I need to – all the feedback about Ted Lasso is I must watch it, so I think I have to sit down and get into it. Yeah, the season three finale was on Wednesday, and some people are saying it could be that could be the end of the oh, so, end of it all. Oh, so they haven't announced. Haven't confirmed. Right, okay. Yes. All right. Look forward well. to it. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends – it's Limo's top five. Sport TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> Do any come to mind for you guys? Well, I've just binged Wrexham. So is oh, Wrexham right. part of it? I, I've got on my list. Yes, okay. I do. So All we'll right. chat about that in just a moment. Joey, any come to mind for you? No. It, uh, it is interesting. when I, it's hard. I Ted Lasso wrapped up. I thought, oh, I'll do sports TV shows. There's and a lot of sport movies, but not TV. really. And there's a lot of docos, yeah. like movie-style docos, the no ESPN series. 30 for 30s. But scripted yeah. series, there's actually not many. So coming in at number five, I've got, which is a classic, which a lot of people love, uh, about high school football in America, Friday Night Lights. There's been a lot of talk about expectation lately. Expectation of what we should be able to do. I see us winning out there tonight. I have no trouble seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very intense. Yeah. Good. Yeah, a lot of people love Friday Night Lights. Coming in at yep. number four, Cobra Kai, which is the Karate Kid spinoff. Oh, okay. Which I think is now in its fourth or fifth season. Oh, but I've got to say, it. they got back Ralph Macchio. They got back the guy that he fought. And they're, of course, you know, 30 years older now and they're <laughs> yeah. training their own crews. Uh, but the other guy who was the bad guy in the original Karate Kid, he's a very likable character this new series, and here he is chatting to a few of the kids. I'm flipping the script. Wait, you the kid with the lip? Nice cut, bro. You see that? Doesn't matter if you're a loser or a nerd or a freak. All that matters is that you become badass. <laughs> Cobra Kai right there. Coming at number three, Ted Lasso. And, of course, a big talking point in Ted Lasso is he's come from America, so it's him getting used to English culture, uh, which is captured in this little highlight here. Hey, look at Isaac. He looks like Rodin sculpture in cleats. Boots. Hmm? They call cleats boots. I thought you said that the trunk of a car was a boot. Also a boot. Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. 
I love that. <laughs> right. That really is that really is a genuine taste of what Ted Lasso is like for the whole thing. Welcome to Rex, and I've got it number two. Oh, Here is Ryan Reynolds love talking it. about his mate, uh, McElhenney. What's his yeah, name? Rob, Rob McElhenney. Yep. I think something about Rob that a lot of people don't know is that Rob will not get off the phone until he gets what he wants. Remember, he called me when I was 16, and when I got off the phone, I was in my mid-40s and owned a Welsh football club. <laughs> He's so likable, Ron Reynolds. It's such a great, for those who haven't watched it, watch it. Because it's, it's such a yeah. great story of, of two Hollywood guys who have just poured money into this football club, which... Wrexham doesn't look like the the gl- most glorious place to live, but they live for football, yep. and they've um yeah they've restored their football team. It's and, good, and the and the town for that matter. It's got a lot of heart and yep. a lot to like about it. Number one sports uh, TV show though is uh, starring Will Ferrell, Eastbound and Down, about a retired <laughs> baseball player. He goes back to his hometown, and here's Will Ferrell who owns a car dealership. <laughs> Really? (laughs) Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen with a light blue hue to them, fresh and juicy, ready for the picking. (laughs) (laughs) Eastbound and down coming in. At number one is our favourite. If you haven't seen it, get onto it. That was a good top five. I enjoyed it. Well done, Lemo. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Lemo, you were just revealing something quite interesting during the ad break, and that is your wife's viewing habits. Uh, Indeed. Well, I was talking about the top five uh, TV sports shows, and I was discussing it with my wife, and I said, what would you throw into the list? And she just got this look in her eye and she goes, McGregor Forever, <laughs> which is the Conor McGregor documentary, which is currently on Netflix. I've Netflix. Watched, watched it. I've just finished it. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it's yeah. actually quite likable when you watch it. Wait, this. so she's attracted to Conor McGregor? Yes. I said, why do you love it? And she said, because he hardly ever wears anything <laughs> and he's hot as. Yeah, well. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. She's yeah. She's right up in his business. She's very right. keen on. How does it make you feel? Are you okay with that? You're yeah, comfortable. No, look, uh, you know, he's. I, I've got a. It's probably like, unlikely that she's got to meet. Conor <laughs> is that McGregor? why you're growing that beard, Lemo? Like in the like... Conor McGregor v. <laughs> Anthony Lehman battle, I get that he's going to win on every level. <laughs> All right. What about you, Kathy? You because my wife loves. Oddly, boxing and UFC. Yeah. Are you into your boxing UFC type dude? Yeah, I are not into the dudes. I'm more just into the sport. Into the sport. I think it's similar to Formula One in that it's um, become very popular, particularly amongst both genders. You know, that's why Drive to Survive's been so popular. And I think UFC and and boxing, just maybe the events and the fight night kind of feel attracts a lot of um, men and women. Tanasi Kokonakis. What about that, Leroy? Talking about the tennis? Yeah, French because... Open's on at the moment. He got knocked out, last remaining Aussie last night in round three. You're the only one that watches all these overnight sports. I've got a few you, multis you, on. You stay up late, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> I was watching the um I was watching the news last night and a part of me went, Oh, the French Open's on. Been yes. going for a week. I know. Yeah. So, so he's the last Aussie, isn't he? So he's well, all out. Yeah, the last Aussie and all the big guns have won last night, Djokovic and uh, Alcaraz. Alcaraz are expected to meet in the semi final. So one of those two will win at the young Alcaraz or so, Joker to get another one. Should Alcaraz win his first Grand Slam title? Uh, he won the US Open last year, so this will be his first French Open, oh. and he's hot favourite to win. Won, once Djokovic goes, he'll win the next about the next eight. Hey, did you see the State of Origin Wednesday night too? Queensland, New South Wales. Did you watch any of that? I, I didn't, but I know it was at Adelaide Oval, and the uh, the yes. South Australians they turned out in pretty good numbers. There was some whinging about an empty 
batch of seats, but they did turn out in good numbers. There was over 40,000. Queensland came from behind. Again, they were down a man, and they still found a way to win. So that was awesome. It's always a bit weird when they play at a neutral ground. I reckon just keep it at Queensland, New South Wales. Uh, You know what I love, though, is that the the crowd record for a State of Origin game is held by the MCG. (laughs) (laughs) I went to that game. That's a stat that I love. And the Stanley Cup uh, Cup finals are on. You're into the the ice hockey. I am a little bit, but but I love the two teams, the Florida Panthers and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Nights. Some real traditional ice hockey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, traditional ice hockey states. <laughs> ice hockey, it'd just burn them so hard in Vancouver and Toronto to be and Montreal to be going bloody Florida. Yeah, there's plenty Is happening, Kath. If... That's what we do know. Plenty of sport happening yep. and coming up in the next few weeks. Oh, so I love this time of year. The Ashes. You, will you guys staff and watch the Ashes? Yes, we'll watch always yeah. watch the Ashes. Yes, yeah. I, do, I love the cricket and Wimbledon. Yep. Uh, French Open doesn't really grab me, but Wimbledon does. Yep. We do, we tend to do a little better at Wimbledon as well, the Aussies. Yeah. And the World Test Championship final. Yes, World Test Championship final. That is coming up uh, Wednesday, 8 p.m. And we've got Cal Ferguson joining us next to preview it. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe, Jay, Kath and Limo. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Triple M's very own Cal Ferguson joins us because the World Test Championship final starts on Wednesday. Our coverage from 8pm. It is Australia v India at the Oval. Cal, thanks for coming on this morning. Gosh, we're excited for this. A bit of midweek test cricket. How good. Oh, it's great. It'll just uh, get us from one weekend of footy to the, <laughs> yeah. the next point. It? But, uh, yeah, it's, it's bloody exciting. It's uh, It's been a while since uh, Australia have been sort of keeping their eye on this one post the uh, the India series, and, and they'll be super keen to, to get this one get this one going on Wednesday. I think, uh, I think we're looking pretty good. I'm pretty excited about the Australian chances, I, I think. Um, we're just better suited to those conditions over there, and, and the way our quicks will front up to to India, I'm just I think we're going to overwhelm them in that area, and I'm not sure the Indian quicks uh, they haven't got their their full squad there. I think Bumrah, um, you know, he he's not going to be um, he's not going to be there, which makes it really difficult for them on the back of a, a long term injury. So I think the Aussies will get this one. Cal, we've been having a little internal argument here. The, the World <laughs> Test Championship, come on, mate, do we? Do we care? It just feels like a, an extra test that's sort of been summoned out of thin air to me. I'm happy for test cricket to just exist how it exists and evaluate each series on its own merits. Does this, is this really, does that mean a lot to the players? Does it mean a lot to us? Uh, because it's so fresh and new, I, I kind of understand you, you're standing on that, but you're wrong. Cal, I love you because I was saying the exact same thing about five minutes before we called you. So thank you for being on Team Kath. Perfect. So, look, I think I would like to have seen it be a three-test series, and if they win it in two, then it's done Mm. and dusted. I just I feel like one test is a bit, you know, fluky, a bit one way or the other, depending on the conditions and and who wins the toss, et cetera. But uh, everyone wants to be number one. And everyone wants to be the one standing at the top of the tree at the end of the whole thing. Um, look, it, it's a, you know, this has been going since 2021. Um, so it's a few years um, of hard work and grind. Um, Australia's got a proud history in, in big tournaments in cricket. And 
um, fronting up and getting the job done uh, when it counts most. And the Aussies will really hang their hat on this one if they can get it done. So, yes, it means something. And, yes, they're desperately keen to win it. We're chatting to Cal Ferguson. Hey, Cal, so six-day test as well. Your thoughts on that? And what do you think it makes any difference to the actual style of game? Does it really – will it make it – will it change the way that teams play? Oh, look, I think it will somewhat. Um, I think what what we'll see is um, is sides. Well, you probably wouldn't if England were playing. They'd just be walking out there and trying <laughs> to hit the first ball for six or reverse sweeper. But I think uh, I think the, these two teams they won't be in a rush. They won't have to at any point um, if it's a flat wicket, which the oval can be. The oval can be a really flat one, so um, there won't be any rush to declare at any point. I can't see. Um, so in some way, shape, or form, on a flat pitch, yes, it will make quite a difference. Um, the concern I've got for the Aussies is actually our record um, at the Oval, which is is considerably poorer than some of the other venues. Um, so, you know, our, our win um, percentage at that ground is only 18% compared to, if you look around at other grounds, uh, we win 43% at Lords, uh, 34 at Henley, uh, Headingley, sorry, um, Trent Bridge, 30. Um, so we, we perform considerably better at, the majority of other grounds in England. So the fact that we only average, uh, only um, have a win rate of 18% at the Oval brings India back into it somewhat. Mm-hmm. Is David Warner batting for his Ashes spot? Absolutely, yeah. I think he's under under a bit of pressure. Um, I think they'll need to see something from him. Um, I've been interested um, at the lack of chat around the opening position in the lead-in. I thought there might have been a little bit more. It was probably hotter on the press just on the back end of the uh, India series. So I, I feel like his spot uh, for this uh, for this test match is, is safe. I think he's playing. And I think he's, he's in better shape than I thought he would be um, leading into the Ashes. They'll want to see something, I think, in this first test. If they don't, who opens the first Ashes test? Yeah, look, I think it's, it's Kawaja and um, Harris. Um, I actually thought, that was somewhat of a surprise that Harris got the call over Bancroft. Um, yeah. But I think Marcus Harris does um, does offer um, a, a player that's had some experience over there. He's been in great form over the last 12 months. So um, And playing well in county cricket, which is most important uh, form line leading into that. So um, I think he'd be the one that would come in if Warner was left out. All right, Callum Ferguson, there we've got that out of the way. Uh, England are mm. playing Ireland in a test match at Lords at the moment. Uh, <laughs> can Harry Tector and Lorcan Tucker save Ireland or is it all over for them? It's all over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the glasses, yeah. <laughs> One of the great little uh, trial runs leading into an Ashes series, isn't it? I, yeah. it's, it's just, it's so disappointing to see uh, a, a smaller nation overwhelmed like that. I, I just, yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating to see and that's why I, I feel like you need a bit of a division system at times. It does bother me that it's such a a one-sided affair. These test matches, you know, you'd love to see a contest, but we're just not getting it. See, Lemo asked that as a bit of a joke, but I think you've actually been watching it, haven't you, (laughs) Cal? Yeah, and I watch Brody have far more success than I'd like to see. (laughs) Hey, we appreciate your time. Um, Hopefully we'll chat to you throughout the Ashes on Dead Set Legends. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, gents, want to talk about Saturday football because there are some cracking matches. Limo is very up and about because his Hawks are coming good and they take on Port Adelaide, Adelaide Oval, uh, to kick off Saturday afternoon football. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Look, if James Sicily was playing, 
I'd have a real spring in my step here, but I just think it's a bridge too far without Sis in the team. Didn't he, Joey, last week play one of the great games of all time? It was amazing. Yeah, it was an unbelievable mm. game. I went along, took my young fella, and even he knew James Sicily by the end of the game. He's not <laughs> even five. He's like, Dad, why isn't someone playing this Sicily? I said, yeah, mate. Yeah. I know. He was killing them. But you're right about the Hawks, because if you remember this game last year, Hawthorne went over to yeah. Port and beat them by like 60 points. Yes. They wiped the floor. So yeah. hopefully they go there today with some sort of um, some good memories about the venue and um, can sort of lean on those experiences. And you never know, the Hawks are playing a good brand of footy. I, I spoke to a few port mates yesterday who were who were really nervous because of memories of the game last year. Yes, and their bubble's got to burst at some stage. Yeah. of one eight in a row. We yeah. know it's an even competition. We look, we expect Port Adelaide to win. They're they're in great form, but. Kath, stranger things have happened this season, so you never know. You never know. I quite enjoyed Sam Mitchell's comments during the week where he said, I'm glad that Sicily's not playing because there's been a bit too much head wobble this week. We spoke about the midweek rub. It was, uh, it was so on brand for James Sicily, isn't it? To be best on ground and dominate in the same yeah. game <laughs> that he gets suspended. He brought everything. <laughs> what did you think yeah. of uh, Port's decision to leave out Tom Jonas? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I think it's a it's a strong call. It's um, a brave call, but it's probably a, an indication of where the club is at, how strong they are both on field and off field, that they are going to pick what they think is the best team. doesn't matter in regards to your position or experience or talent. Um, and he's rewarding the players that got, have been putting the wins together. And Jonas is now, even though he's still captain, I think it's fair to say he's sort of more on the fringe side of their team rather than being one of their, their best players. But he's still going to have a huge role to play towards the back end of the year. But I don't mind him sitting out and trying to find a bit of form in the in the sandful. Is that a problem when your captain's on the fringe? Not really. No, it's not a problem at all because he offers so much regards to his leadership and yep. he's got other players that are, that are carrying the weight on the field. I think it's there's no problem with it at all. If you're, the, let's say you're the CEO of Port Adelaide, Joey, mm. are you searching for a coach at the moment or are you sitting there th- saying to yourself, well, look at where we are, look at how we're travelling, I'm just going to re-sign Ken later this year? Yeah, I would just sit and wait. I, I would sit and wait. They st- Stick to their plan. They don't need to jump at shadows. Wait until towards the end of the year. And I think they still probably even have to wait until the finals, Lima, because what if... What if they go out in straight sets in finals? Then there's got to be a conversation that, okay, where is it at? Do they wait to see how they play? I think they've just got to sit Would tight. you have called Damien Hardwick, though? No. Would you have put in no. one phone call no. to Damien Hardwick? No, no way. No, no, okay. no way. It's working so far, their yep. plan, isn't it? Yep. So stick to it. Uh, the other big game tonight, there's two big games, Suns and Crows in the top end, and then Dogs and Geelong under the lid at Marvel Stadium. So much, Joey, has been spoken about. The Dogs and Geelong head-to-head record with the Cats having won 20 of their last 23 yeah, meetings. But being bullied. I just sometimes find it a little bit, do you find it a little bit irrelevant when it comes to tonight, given Geelong's injury list, given the way uh, the Dogs are playing and how much they've improved yeah, it this should, season? it should be irrelevant, Kath. The Dogs really, if they are fair income and want to be a top four team and have a crack at winning this flag, they should be putting the Cats away with all their injuries they've got, particularly yeah. in the midfield. The Bulldogs are almost full strength. I don't think they're missing much. Maybe Johannesson, maybe one or two others. But they Trelaw are, comes back tonight. Yeah, Trelaw back with all the other midfielders in there. The Cats decimated. The, I'd be really disappointed if the Western Bulldogs don't win this tonight for their own sake because they've got bigger aspirations and the Cats are just scrambling. They're just trying to hang on, trying to get some personnel back and see if they can make a bit of a charge late in the year. But um, it's going to be awfully hard if they continue to drop games through the middle part of the season. Amazing stat you told me the other night and that they, Geelong, have never lost four in a row under Chris Scott. No. In fact, the last time they no. did was back in 2006. So if they lose tonight, unfortunately, that is just one little 
unwanted record on mm. Chris Scott's record, but hey, it's pretty amazing uh, as it stands. The other big game was the Suns and Crows in Darwin tonight. It's always a little bit unknown as to how the Darwin games are going to play out just because the conditions are very different to most AFL games. How do you see this one Unfolding. Well, I think the conditions are really going to suit the Gold Coast Suns because Adelaide are a ball movement team. That is their great strength. That's their that's their best weapon, and it is going to be slippery. There's no doubt about that. We saw it last week. Um, Gold Coast have had the chance to play. They've acclimatised. They've stayed up there. It's going to be a challenge. Adelaide haven't got a great record on the road. That's their big issue. That's the next step for them if they want to become a, a finals team. So it's a huge game, and I've just got a feel – Limo, that this might be the game that finally the Gold Coast Suns announce themselves in the competition that they are genuine. After 12 oh, years, God, I this hope might so. be the time we I go, you know what, so. they could be a finals team this year. They are knocking on the door. They'd be the same wins as Adelaide. They'd only be percentage behind them if they beat them tonight. And maybe for the first mm. time, we actually stand up and take them seriously. Well, I would love that to be the case, Joey. And they've stayed there for the week. Yes. Yeah. Well, good on them. Could this be, could Gold Coast just very quietly and off the record just move to Darwin, and then all of a sudden it's, they're the NT table. Well, oh, there's hang a on. bit of talk. I think they should play more games in Darwin. I think yeah, they should I'm on that. A bit like the Hawks. We take, play four, four or five games in Darwin. Yes. Make it a real fortress for other teams who will struggle to acclimatise yeah, and, and, and get some extra yeah. wins. Mm. I don't mind it. I quite like how the Gold Coast Suns are tracking. I'm on board. That yeah. Brow, all, the, all those young kids have gone to another level. And Matty Brow's getting back to that form. That we have known he's capable yeah, of. Yeah. Has he always eaten grass? When no, it's only this season. He said he started this season. He started this I wonder season. what that grass up there would taste like. But And also their, under, their defence, the underrated defence of the Gold Coast is starting to stand up. Charlie yeah. Ballard and, uh, and Will Powell and Darcy McPherson. These guys are doing a great job. Time for Give Me a Spell. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Lemo, do you want to kick us off? Yes, give me a spell. I'm going back to this stadium in Tasmania. Oh. The $750 million stadium in Tasmania. I've spoken to a few people who know what they're talking about in the world of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they reckon this thing's going to end up costing $1.5 billion is what the, the price tag will wow. end up being, $1.5 billion. That's not I Eddie mean, McGuire you've spoken to, have you? Have <laughs> you pushing that? Is it someone else? <laughs> so it's not, no, not Eddie. Okay. Uh, but people are saying, oh, it's, it's got to work, and other people are saying it's not going to work. Well, the TV series Utopia, which is back on the ABC next Wednesday night, uh, we predicted this in season one. Can I play some clips? This is from 2014, right? First up, this is me and Kitty Flanagan, our characters, Kitty. talking to Rob Sitch about a, uh, a stadium in Tasmania. Well, we've been right through the report. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah thank tossed you. it around with the folks upstairs, and it's pretty clear what Tassie is crying out for. Loud and clear. Do tell. A new stadium. That's 14th. Well, it's not in order of priority. I did the report. It's in order of priority. But that's highlighted. By you. <laughs> so this is wow. 20, this is nearly 10 wow. years ago. And then later in the same episode, this is Luke McGregor and Dave Lawson talking to Rob Sitch's character about reasons why they might get a stadium down there. They don't have an AFL team based there, though, do they? No. Do you think they might get one? No. But teams do play there. Mostly in Launceston. An A-League team? Not likely. NRL? Never. Give me some crowd figures. Okay. uh, Test match a few years ago. 16,000. It's not 60, but it's not bad. Over five days. Yep, your pauses are too long. Ricky Ponting's final match. Did it again. School kids got him for free. Yep. What about the target? That's a car rally. Through the bush. Well, they could finish at the Oval. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) School kids got him for free. (laughs) Ricky Ponting's last test. Uh, So if you want to see the future predicted one, 
once again, uh, what's Utopia from next Wednesday That's on the ABC. Very good. Time for our Dead Set Legend of the Week. Your Dead Set Legend. Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. 4 and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend. I'll squeeze it in here, Kath. We didn't talk about it today's episode, but the NBA Finals are on. Game one was yesterday, the Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat, and Nikola Jokic, Nikola, is continuing on an unbelievable year, Limo. He was the second player ever in his finals debut to record a triple-double. 14 assists was a record for a player in an NBA Finals debut, and the most by a centre. He is just on a roll. They won game one. They will win their first title the Denver Nuggets and uh, Nikola Jokic, unbelievable. He will get the key. If he hasn't got them already, he will get the keys to the city. He will never pay for a meal, a drink, or a single thing ever again <laughs> in that city. Rightly so. Once he wins their first championship Rightly for so. Him. So well done. That's a good series game two tomorrow. I love it. You're loving this NBA final well, most people, are, A lot of people love the NBA. I know you're not a big fan not of the basketball. Not a big basketball. Kath, that's just something we don't really are, have in common, do we? Like, but I enjoy your updates. Can I tell you, Kath, and I'm not going to get bogged in, down in the details here, but if you want to get hooked on basketball, go to the last five seconds of Game Six, oh, Miami amazing, and Boston it? Celtics. It I, is beyond I was actually doing boundary with Cam Mooney, and he was playing it to me because he's a big NBA wild. Finals fan too. Um, hey, enjoy the rest of your weekend, you two. Thank you. Saturday, you Rob is coming up next. It's been Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Catherine Lemo. That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. Get the same game multi feeling this AFL season with Sportsbet. Conditions apply. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. These legends will be back next week. It's like Adele Santo Montana once <laughs> back in the day. <laughs>